Hey everyone, Ellie here. Happy Friday. My next book is coming out in just about two weeks. It's called Untouchable, How Powerful People Get Away With It. I have to say, every news story that comes out, including this week, relates somehow to the book. If you are a listener to this podcast and a reader of the column, I assure you, you will really like this book. I really geared it towards this audience. So please check it out. And here now is this week's Friday podcast. As always, love to hear from you. So please keep sending thoughts, questions, or comments to letters at cafe.com. There's this concept in football called offsetting penalties. If you're already a fan, forgive me, you can fast forward ahead. In the rare instance when both teams commit penalties on the same play, those penalties essentially cancel one another out and the teams have to redo the down. It doesn't matter what happened on the play, whether it resulted in a touchdown for the offense or a sack for the defense or something in between. And it doesn't matter if one team's infraction was far worse than the others. So let's assume, for example, a defender picks up the quarterback and body slams him after the play, the most serious type of penalty, usually worth 15 yards. Meanwhile, an offensive player lines up with one toe just barely poking across the line of scrimmage, a minor procedural foul worth only five yards. Fair or not, the rules say that the two penalties cancel out, regardless of relative severity, and the teams must replay the down. When the news broke this week about the discovery of classified documents in a private office formerly used by Joe Biden, I instantly thought of offsetting penalties. Biden's conduct here should, repeat, should, have absolutely nothing to do with what happens to Donald Trump in the ongoing investigation of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Every case stands on its own merits, and on these merits, Trump's conduct was different and worse in key respects than Biden's. But I can't shake the feeling that Biden's transgression, major or minor as one might cast it, could have the effect of wiping Trump's malfeasance off the board. I'm not saying it's right or fair, but it's in play, practically. We're well familiar with now by the factors that differentiate the classified documents found at Biden's private office in Washington, D.C. from Trump's cash at Mar-a-Lago. Biden had 10 classified documents. Trump had over 300, though both sets included documents marked sensitive compartmented information, the highest level of top secret classification. Biden has denied he knew anything about the documents and no evidence to the contrary has emerged. Trump, meanwhile, has openly acknowledged that he knew about his trove, offering up varied and bizarre explanations why he was entitled to have them. He magically declassified them. They're his property. He's president and can do whatever he wants. Biden's lawyers notified the National Archives immediately upon discovering the documents, whereas Trump's team went into cover-up mode, prompting an investigation for criminal obstruction. That's not to suggest Biden is in the clear. Substantial questions remain. Was he, in fact, entirely unaware of the documents as he claims? How did the classified documents make it into his private office in the first place? Was there any record to indicate they were missing from proper government custody? How did the documents remain in his office for over five years? Why were Biden's lawyers packing up the office? Why didn't Biden's team say anything publicly for over two months after the discovery? 
Whatever the answers to those questions, the biggest winner here, through none of his own doing, is Trump. It's yet another windfall, one more in a series of lucky, undeserved breaks that have come his way. Here's why Trump benefits. Any rational person can understand that the two cases are separate and that one outcome does not dictate the other. And we can methodically tick through the differences between the Biden and Trump document scenarios. There's a case to be made that on paper, those distinctions might in fact be significant enough to justify criminal charges against Trump, but not Biden. Repeat, on paper. Of course, to use another football reference, forgive me, it's playoff season. They don't play the game on paper. The key decisions here will be made in the three-dimensional world by flesh and blood human beings, blessed and cursed with emotions, incentives, fears, and passions. And the most important human being in both the Biden and Trump cases is the Attorney General Merrick Garland. While Garland has tapped a widely respected Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, John Lausch, to run the Biden investigation and a veteran federal prosecutor, Jack Smith, to serve as special counsel on all things Trump, the attorney general himself will have the final say on both matters. I can see Garland going either of two ways here. On one hand, if you wanted the ultimate bureaucrat to sift mechanically through the evidence and make a decision based on a cold, quasi-mathematical calculation of the relevant factors— Garland is your guy. On the other hand, let's consider what we know about Merrick Garland. He remains a reserve public figure who doesn't speak much and talks almost entirely in bromides when he does. That's praise, not criticism. It's how prosecutors ought to behave publicly. We also know that Garland is allergic to politics. It's received wisdom by now that Garland refuses to use his power as a G for political purposes. Again, that's a good thing. What's debatable, however, is whether Garland has taken his aversion to politics too far, to the point where he refuses to take any step that might make political waves, even if that action is right and necessary. It's one thing to be non-political, it's another to be paralyzed by politics. Let's assume for the moment that Garland will not conclude Biden has committed a crime. Given what we know, that seems overwhelmingly likely. So now, can we envision a scenario where Garland, one, gives Biden, a fellow Democrat, his own boss, the man who nominated him, a pass on a documents case, while also, two, indicting and seeking to imprison, because that's what it would be, Donald Trump, the Republican Party's leader, who happens to be challenging Joe Biden for the 2024 presidency, also on a documents case? What in Garland's nearly two-year tenure as AG leads you to believe he would be willing to take such a politically explosive step? Quick quiz. Name the single most politically powerful person Merrick Garland has indicted in his two years on the job. Yeah, I can't either. Donald Trump has been rescued from legal jeopardy many times over. By Robert Mueller, when he and his team pulled up lame and gave us mealy-mouthed non-conclusions. By Bill Barr, when he distorted Mueller's work. By the Watergate-era Justice Department policy against indictment of a sitting president. By his Confederates, who stayed mum rather than cooperate and were rewarded with pardons for their trouble. By New York state prosecutors, who proved to be all bark, little bite, and ultimately took their fight to civil court. This time, it may turn out that Trump's unwitting savior is his own most formidable political opponent, Joe Biden. Stay safe and stay informed, everybody.